This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, David Mader will join us with a Vancouver Market Real Estate Update and more on the 1% Realty Story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. By now, most of us have heard this one, but in case you've just had a super busy week that allowed no time for news, you should probably know that Netflix has announced an immediate price increase in Canada. The price of its monthly subscription cost in Canada goes up to $8.99 for the basic plan, $10.99 for the standard plan, and $13.99 for the premium offering. This price increase will affect both new and current Canadian subscribers. This means that anyone signing up for for Netflix right now, we'll see the streaming platform's new prices, while the price increase for current subscribers is set to roll out gradually. Netflix says that it will notify current subscribers via email when their price increase goes into effect, and that all current customers should receive a notification by the end of August. The Disney Corporation also announced new plans this week, including removing its movies from Netflix. Disney plans to begin direct-to-consumer streaming service early in 2019 for all its Disney and Pixar movies. Until then, Netflix will be the place to go to view Disney movies. Marvel TV shows will not be affected by the move away from Netflix and will remain there after the shift. Another part of the Disney announcement this week was the establishment of an e ESPN video streaming service with over 10,000 offerings from the world of sports, including the NHL, Major League Baseball, and many others. Like many other players, including CBS, Disney wants to own a bigger piece of the streaming pie and has bought a majority ownership position in BAMTech for $1.6 billion to ensure that it has the delivery power to get the job done. And as a result of all of this, Netflix stock off 5% this week. Oregon Governor Kate Brown signed legislation on Wednesday to increase that state's tobacco possession age to 21, a major victory for health advocates and a blow for big tobacco. The age increase in Oregon will take effect on January 1st and will affect the sale of traditional tobacco products along with vapes. The law makes Oregon one of five states, along with California, Hawaii, Maine, and New Jersey, to raise the tobacco age to 21. Interesting to note that 21 is the same age of eligibility to consume both alcohol and legal cannabis products in Oregon, too. Oregon's new law aims to crack down on tobacco vendors who sell to the underage rather than to punish the buyers. Fines for store clerks and managers who sell tobacco products to minors start at 50 bucks but can reach 500 or even 1000 after multiple offenses. Lawmakers who push the age increase bill say addic- addiction to tobacco usually starts quite young and increasing the purchasing age may stave off addiction and future disease. In many cities these days, it might feel like there's a Starbucks on every corner. Frankly, in our city, it's felt like that for quite a few years. And while more stores sometimes translate to more customers and better sales, the ubiquity of Starbucks is turning into a bit of a problem as it struggles to compete with, well, itself. 
Analysts at BMO Capital Markets downgraded Starbucks shares this month, noting the company's sales are struggling because so many stores overlap with each other. BMO looked at the radius of percentage rather of U.S. locations with another Starbucks outlet within a one-mile radius, as well as the average number of locations within that same area, and found that almost two-thirds of Starbucks in America have another store within a mile. That's up almost 5% from a couple of years ago. Cannibalization likely has increased, said the BMO analysts. Overexpansion is a familiar concern for Starbucks, too. You might remember back in 08, the company shuttered over 600 underperforming locations, followed by 300 more stores the following year. Could this be an early sign that another purge may be coming soon? Okay. You're ready for the eclipse on August 21st with your non-counterfeit viewing glasses and travel plans set? We'll talk about rental car reservations a bit later in the show, but here's something you may not have thought of. How will a total or even a partial solar eclipse affect homes and workplaces that use solar power? Sure, solar power systems spend some time in the dark on a daily basis, but the eclipse is a one-time event, not something that happens every day. The National Resources Defense Council has heard this question a lot and is asking consumers not to worry about systems failing or homes going dark while the sun ducks behind the moon for a bit. That's because the operators of the electric grid have known about the coming eclipse for quite some time and are prepared to deploy power from other sources, renewable and non-renewable alike, to fill up the shortfall. If solar power and the solar eclipse becomes an issue anywhere, it will be on the East Coast in states like North Carolina, where the eclipse will hit during the evening just as people start to come home and, well, turn on the lights. California, a state full of both sunshine and solar panels, could be affected quite a bit too, even if it won't experience a total eclipse. People and businesses there in California are being encouraged to turn off lights, appliances, and gadgets during the eclipse so less non-renewable power from natural gas has to be used. Our view of the eclipse here in B.C. on the 21st will only be partial, and no agency or official source here has said anything about reducing power consumption during the event. We will, of course, keep you posted. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll have a few more for you later, along with our weekly steel report. In just a very few moments, David Mater from 1% Realty will provide us with a fresh Vancouver market update and lots more on the 1% Realty story. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this Saturday afternoon. David Mater from 1% Realty is with us. I should say David Mater Personal Real Estate Corporation is with us. Hi, Dave. Hey, Sterling. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Had to do that official real estate uh, board uh, designation as we begin the program and do every time. That's simply the rule, isn't it? That, that's right. Uh, we are incorporated, or I should say I'm incorporated. And so the council rules are that we have to advertise as Personal Real Estate Corporation. Right. And uh, usually, of course, on 1% Realty, we have the tandem of John Carlson and David Mater. John's on summer vacation, uh, enjoying, well, some time off, some well-deserved time off, which, of course, makes Dave double busy uh, in a busy time of the year. Now, summer typically, Dave, as we've identified in previous programs, uh, things soften up in terms of activity a little bit in the summer. Spring is usually the biggest, uh, busiest season uh, time of the year. But for you, this summer in Vancouver, it really hasn't slacked off a whole lot, has it? 
No, that's right. Um, so maybe just to give folks a little bit of an update into Please the market. Do. So, so typically there are a couple of busy times of the year. Um, historically speaking, there's the spring market, which usually runs from February to June. And then there's the fall market, September, October, early November. Um, and usually the summer takes a bit of a breather. Um, the last few years, it's kind of defied historical norms just because the market's been so busy. Sure. Um, that all said, this market uh, that we're in currently in the Vancouver area uh, continues to hum along. There have been some changes over the last few months. The real estate board uh, released the stats package for July uh, just last week. And um, it turns out that while the affordable segment of the market, condos and townhomes remain hot, right. and we are still seeing multiple offers, uh, lots of buyers, lots of pent-up demand, there are some areas and some segments of the market where properties are sitting for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. uh, the detached segment of the market, while it remains firmly a good market, um, we've actually seen uh, properties taking longer to sell. Uh, one stat that we always kind of like to throw out is the sales to listing ratio. How okay. many properties uh, in a given segment of the market are selling compared to how many are listed. Okay. And over 20%, if over 20% of properties are selling in a given segment in a given month, that's considered a seller's market. You know, there's, there's lots of properties moving in that segment. Um, for the first time in actually quite some time, the detached segment of the market had dipped below that 20%. And I think in the Vancouver board overall, it's something like 16 or 17% now of detached properties were selling in July. Um, that all said, it does vary from region to region. Uh, we do a lot of work out in the Maple Ridge Pit Meadows area. And mm -hmm. out there, I think one of the reasons, and then Tri-Cities too, but one of the reasons uh, why the detached segment out there uh, is... Um, Remaining hotter, I think, is just because it's a more affordable area and folks are making their way out there, migrating a little further east to, to get something that they can afford. So in single-family detached homes, uh, it has transitioned into a buyer's market. Am I reading the, the, the tea leaves correctly here? Sure, sure. Well, not, not to throw out too many stats, but um, the industry kind of considers anything below 12%. So if 12% uh, or less of properties in a given segment are... Uh, are selling in a given month. So fewer than 12% are selling. It's considered more of a buyer's market and there's a more downward pressure on prices. What we have now, at least per the, the July stats, is around 16, 17% of detached properties are selling. It means it's more of a balanced market. Oh, okay. So it's not really a seller's market or a buyer's market in that segment. It's just more of a balanced market, which is you know historically normal. Mm -hmm. right? We're just returning to some more historical averages. Well, it's odd to use the word normal yes. in description of Vancouver real estate uh, it, because it has been anything but for quite some time. This market has been uh, really uh, on the moon for quite some time. So to hear that we are returning to more traditional or normal patterns is probably a good thing and probably even a bit of a relief for some people who are perhaps, Dave, at this point, sitting on the fence waiting to see what's coming next, that kind of thing, and, of course, trying to time the market, which can be a, a, a lifetime uh, experience and, and frequently unsuccessful. But nonetheless, if you are sitting on the fence and you're noticing the dynamic changing or reverting back to more normal or traditional Vancouver values, uh, does that mean for, for a person who has a home that they might be considering selling, we're getting pretty darn close to that time? Well, I guess it all depends what you're planning on doing after you sell. Because ah. when you sell a property, you know, um, 
uh, depending on how busy the market is or how slow the market is, that might imply it's going to take a little bit longer, a little bit less time to sell your property. You might get more, you might get less. But of course, if you're buying in the same market, it's all relative. The shoe is on the other foot. Sure, exactly. Right? And uh, what we what we do see, I mean, just to be clear, is a robust uh, condo and townhome market. We're firmly in seller's market territory right. in that. So if you're buying condos, townhomes, lots of stuff is selling, but there's also lots of competition. Um, but of course, we're always happy to help anybody and we're always confident we're going to get you into something. Do you find typically a lot of people do sell a, a home, a single detached family home day, perhaps uh, at a certain point in their lives when the children have left and it's become becomes a whole lot of work for two people in a, in a great big home. And so they want to downsize. And you're right. After you leave uh, or walk away from one property, you still got to live somewhere. Do most of those people look at condos and townhouses, the smaller option? Is that typically the move that they would make? It's very common. Uh, We get called out from folks in all walks of life, at all times of life. And um, yeah, often, you know, folks have the the family home. They've raised the kids. The kids are moved out. Now they need something a little bit smaller or whatnot, right? Um, Just the other day, I got called out to uh, this uh, really nice big acreage fantastic property. I love the house myself, to tell you the truth. Um, but uh, that same situation, the kids had moved out and they wanted a smaller place, but they weren't actually planning on moving into a condo or townhome. They just wanted a small little rancher. They, they oh. were tired of the two or three acres and they just needed somewhere that didn't require as much work. But they called us. Why? Because they were actually very, very interested in the 1% realty business model, which uh-huh. of course is why we're here. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that is the big difference in terms of uh, those pe- people. Again, we've been talking about maybe you've been sitting on the fence just waiting to sell, maybe, maybe to, to make that. That big decision. Well, when you do, uh, it's all about commissions and how much of the cash uh, transaction uh, involved with the sale you actually get to put in your pocket. And that's where the 1% realty business model, Dave, becomes pretty darn attractive, especially to people who aren't familiar with it. So the basics of the 1% realty model are obviously what the name says, 1%. Flesh it out for us a little bit. Sure. Well, and and here's the thing. I think that most folks who are listening uh, to the show at the moment are at some point probably going to have to sell a property, right? And what we find in our experience is that everybody kind of recognizes the need to use an agent in what is probably the largest transaction, financial transaction of their life. But, um, you know, at least in our experience, um, when it comes time to actually pay the bill for the agent, quite often people are kind of cringing mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Well, what we do at 1% Realty, we offer a solution that's kind of the best of all worlds. Um, so 1% Realty, kind of to summarize, this is what I always tell folks when I sit down with them. The first thing I always tell them is at 1% Realty, what we do, we're full service agents. We're fully licensed, full service. We do all the same things that uh, the other guys do. It's just that we we tend to charge less than the traditional rate and we often sell a lot more properties than average. So our clients kind of get the best of all worlds. We we charge less, we sell more, and uh, often our clients just walk away with a whole bunch of savings. Um, to kind of fill in the blanks, okay. so um, there's no set commission model, right? There's no set commission rates out there. Uh, in Canada, you can't charge a set 
rate. It's all negotiable. But it's kind of an accepted norm, right? There's an agreed to uh, unofficial rate. That's right. right. And it it does vary from region to region. But what's really common in the Vancouver area is 7% on the first 100,000 and 2.5% on the balance. Right. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what we do by contrast is for anything that sells under $600,000, we charge a flat fee of $6,950. Anything that sells over $600,000, we charge 1% of the sale price plus $950. And of course, there's always GST, regardless of who you use. Of course. Right? So how would that compare then? So say, for instance, a property at $500,000, right? Uh, most other brokerages or many other brokerages would charge somewhere around seventeen grand to sell that property. Right. Ours, $69.50, so about seven. So that's a $10,000 savings. Um, that million-dollar property, well, uh, most other brokerages at seven and two and a half would be between twenty-nine and thirty thousand dollars. Right. Ours would be about eleven, so a savings of around nineteen thousand dollars. And of course, there's always taxes on that. In the Vancouver area, that barely gets your foot in the door in some areas. So the higher the the sale price, the more the savings. Right. Um, for that uh, that price, we do all the same types of things that um, you could expect at most other brokerages. So of course, you know, people say, well, you know, what do you what are we not getting? Um, we do everything the same. The same. So um, you know, full MLS, of course, and that's by far the most important important place to be advertised. Realtor.ca, right. full MLS, lots and lots of other websites. We're participants in something called MLS reciprocity, which just means that our listings are advertised by brokerages from all over the regions on the personal websites. Uh, we get professional photographers in. Uh, we do uh, professional photo shoots, open houses, full contract negotiation, all documentation. So right from the time that we market the property, uh, we do the open house, we get uh, offers, sit down with you, negotiate that offer to the best possible outcome, send the contract off to your lawyer, notary, and hand the keys over to the buyers. Everything's the same. Interesting stuff. And on the website, I'm quoting from uh, from the website, which, by the way, is savewithjohnanddave.com. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is because so many sellers have agreed to pay those rates. You might have paid those rates as well. But why pay more than you have to? It's just that simple. That's the essence of the 1% Realty business model. Our guest in studio from 1% Realty is David Mater. And there's lots more ahead. Stay with us on Vancouver Consumer here on News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by David Mader from 1% Realty Corporation. Both of us enjoying the view, David. It's nice to see the mountains again after two weeks of what was that, huh? Yeah, that, that's right. What is that strange color in the sky? It's it's so that, nice today. A little blue? cooler. It's great yeah. stuff. Nice yeah. to have you with us this afternoon. You talked about the 1% Realty business model before we took the news break, Dave. Uh, in describing uh, the difference in the commission rates, that's that's why the company is called One Percent Realty. It's it's all about a lower commission rate. It's all about people being able to keep more of the proceeds of the sales of their homes in their pockets or in their bank accounts. It's a pretty pretty uh, rudimentary concept, but you know, I think a lot of people must have some difficulty uh, uh, grasping it because you talked uh, about the first thing I say when I sit down with people and I meet them for the first time, because of course, I suspect there's more than a little suspicion going on, Dave, because look, it's, uh, we're, we're uh, you know, this is 2017, we're pretty savvy consumers. And the, the suspicion is that if I'm paying less, 
I must be getting less. You get what you pay for. So what don't I get mm-hmm. by uh, by uh, accepting uh, uh, more money in my pocket? I, I'm, there's something missing in the exchange. There's a gap in my mind. Fill it in. because uh, and, and I'm certainly not the first person to no. have raised this matter with sure. you. No, 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 that's absolutely right. In fact, that's the biggest question that we always get, right? Um, everybody loves the idea of paying less, sure. but then people say, well, what what am I not getting then, right? Because we're all trained to think that if we pay less, we get less. Absolutely. Well, one of the reasons I was really attracted to working at this company uh, when I decided to get my real estate license is, is that <clears throat> I was able to offer a service that I would use myself, that I'd feel comfortable using myself, that it would provide the results that I would need if I were to sell my own property, but it would do it at a value that I could actually get on board with. We're not suggesting to anybody that you should use us because we're cheap. Right. I mean, just like you know, you go to the grocery store and you don't want to necessarily buy the, the cheapest thing on the shelf, right? Because sometimes it's true, you get what you pay for, right? That generic box of cereal kind of gets stuck in your teeth. <laughs> and you know, it makes sense to buy the extra, you know, spend the extra two bucks for the better cereal. Um, what we do, though, is entirely on par with what folks will get at other brokerages. The services that we get, you know, some people say, do we get less? And the answer is, well, get less compared to what? We do all the same types of things. It's all on MLS and Realtor.ca. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. experienced agents. Um, you know, John and I together, we have uh, over 30 years experience. Uh, well over a thousand deals done combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and our motto on our website at savewithjohnanddave.com, our motto is experience savings results. Um, we, we chose that because it kind of encapsulates what we're able to offer clients. Um, you know, because we've done so many deals, become because we have so many years in the, the business, we have a ton of experience. Um, we're able to get results for our clients um, at the same time as allowing them savings. Sure. You know, people ask, why would we do this? Why do we charge less money? Is it because we're lesser agents or whatnot? What I can say is when I first started in the business, and, and this was in 2005, um, again, it was very busy right right off the hop. I think my first year I did like 60-some deals. and it, uh, You super, were rookie of the year, weren't you? Yeah, yes, yes, I was. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, was. I just Thank remembered you. that. Part. Yeah, yeah, right. I was. That, was. that was across the, the board of, of uh, Greater Vancouver, actually, but... Um, you know, in that in the first several years, um, I would get constant calls from other managing brokers in the area, from all sorts of other brokerages, asking me to come over and work with their brokerage. Right. But you know, I, I actually sat down with a couple of them just to hear what they had to say. But I made the decision to stay at One Percent Realty because, again, it offers a, a service I can believe in. Um, when I was when I was sitting down with them, I was thinking, okay, what would I actually be doing with those guys that I'm not doing? With, with 1% Realty? And the answer was nothing. Right. I'm doing the same types of things. John's a great example. He was with a couple of other you know big name brokerages before he came to 1% Realty. And right. I think he would agree with me in that there's really nothing he doesn't do for his clients. Now that he did before, it's just that he's saving his clients all sorts of cash compared to what he may have charged before. Interesting stuff. Now, yeah. the flip side of that coin, of course, and I'm, being still, I'm still being kind sure. of suspicious here, my friend, but uh, again, trying to probe for those, those areas of inquiry that most people would go to. For example, if you charge less, I'm sure that that in the real estate marketplace creates probably some animosity amongst your fellow uh, brokers in the business. So uh, do those people uh, cooperate with you? Do they show your listings, even though uh, you represent a, div- 
a different commission schedule and, 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 and quite a, a degree of competition. Are they as eager to show your properties to their prospective buyers as you are to show their properties to your prospective buyers? I, I think the answer is just simply yes to that. Uh, other agents do show and sell our listings constantly, all day, every day, put sold stickers on our signs, all that stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll approach that from a couple of different perspectives. Um, and that is a very frequently asked question sure that we get. Of course, Absolutely, right? Yeah. That's that's one of the most frequently asked questions that we get. We love we love the idea of saving commissions, but will other agents still show our properties? Right. Are you going to be boycotted? All that stuff. Exactly. First things I'll have. First thing I have to say is this: we're I think we're probably happy to report that the vast majority of agents that we run into are uh, ethical, and agents have a fiduciary obligation uh, to show the best properties to their clients, the properties that they think that their clients will be best suited for, regardless of commission structure. Right. So regardless of what brokerage folks are working for, whether it's a brokerage like ours or a brokerage charging a more traditional amount, the bottom line is a buyer's agent is under obligation to uh, find the best property for their clients, to act for their client the same way that they would act for themselves as a definition, a definition of a fiduciary. And that is what happens. Um, we have very good working relationships with agents from all over the place and all sorts of different brokerages. They routinely show our listings because of that. You know, another way to look at it, though, too, is that, you know, it's a totally different market today than it was in you know, 1982 or something like that, right? Um, oh my, in that, well, look at the interest rate for no <laughs> okay, other reason, sure, right? Fair enough. Yes, you're absolutely right there. Uh, and also in that buyers have as much access to information as their agents do. Good point. A buyer, if a buyer is looking for a property in a given area, um, in a particular price range, offering particular square footage and layout and so on, well, they're going to see our listings advertised alongside all the other listings. Um, our listings are advertised everywhere all the other guys are, right? Uh, Royal Apey, I'm not sorry, Apey, sorry um, uh, MLS and Realtor.ca and uh, you know all the other websites. And the point is that if someone is looking for a property like yours, they're going to see it advertised. It's, it's alongside all the others. And before they go buy the neighbors down the street, uh, they're going to want to come and see yours too. Right. And if they like yours better than the neighbors... Um, they'll probably make an offer on yours if they like the neighbors better. They'll make, maybe make an offer on the neighbors. But if you ask yourself, you know, would the commission involved in the listing, if you're a buyer, would that play any role at all in what property you like or what property you want to buy and what property you want to pay for over the next 25 years, whether or not your agent gets paid an extra couple grand? I mean, we know intuitively, I think, that you're going to buy the property that best suits your needs, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Of course. As the buyer, uh, of course, that's all you want. You want the right place for you and your family to live. All the other details come behind that, don't they? Well, this is it. And so when I sit down with somebody and they're a little bit suspicious, a little bit skeptical, just like you were playing a minute ago, um, and I ask them that question, what would you do when you're a buyer? Would you look for the property based on what you want or based on how much commission your agent's going to get paid? They all always say, well, of course, what I want. And the point is, is that they answer their own question. Right. Right. You're going to do what's best for you and your family, not based on whether or not your agent gets paid a little bit more money, but based on whether or not the property is a suit for you. And, and so, you know, because of those things, agents are fiduciaries of their clients and they got to do what's best for them. And also because buyers are in the driver's seat, they're the ones that are deter- they're determining what, what they're going to view and what they're going to purchase. Our listings sell just like all the others. If they didn't, I wouldn't be working at this brokerage, but as it is, I'm happy to be. 
Right. I'm happy to be here. And well, especially with over a thousand uh, sales, but you and your partner John Carlson uh, together have done over a thousand uh, house sales. Uh, that's uh, and you're still very active. And I think it's the combination. Here's the attraction part from where I'm sitting. A, the lower commission rates are particularly attractive to sellers because that just means more money. You get to walk away from the deal with a little bit more money than you'd planned on. And secondly, the fact is that you people, the two of you, are very, very active in the marketplace. You you do a lot of work. So you're very up to speed on what's going on this afternoon. And that matters a great deal uh, to be because it's it's such a fluid market, Dave. Yeah, it, well, that's true. And, um, you know, we were talking before the show, there's a lot of agents out there, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, maybe that old uh, saying where, you know, 20% of the folks in any given industry do 80% of the business, that might be true. One of the nice things about John and I is that, like you say, we're constantly out there. We're doing deals all over the place. We've had, just since we've been here uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show, we've had a number of deals come together, subjects removed, sold stickers on signs. Uh, We've listed a whole bunch more this week. And I guess that's, you know, maybe a good time to issue an invitation. If anybody's thinking about uh, selling a property in the near future, you know, next few weeks or months Those or whatever. Those people sitting on the fence that we were talking about earlier. That's right, right. right? Um, if anybody's thinking about that, they want an evaluation on their property or they have some questions about the market or they're just wondering about 1% realty, feel free to give us a call. We'd be happy to come out, uh, do an evaluation, answer any questions that you might have, uh, tell you more in depth about what you can expect from us and then we just take it from there. There's no obligation, you know, nothing right. like that. There's no charge. Um, our phone number six zero. That's uh, 604-265-8280. Or uh, just drop us a line. If you go to our website at savewithjohnanddave.com, there's a little link or a little tab you can Mm -hmm. just click, send us an email, and we'd be happy to get back to you. Right, and and in case you didn't jot down the phone number, I'll give it to you a couple more times before we have to call it a day here. Uh, And it's also, of course, all over the website at savewithjohnanddave.com. And you can can arrange an evaluation appointment. There's all sorts of access points on the website. How critical is a current evaluation in this very fluid market, Dave? How recent? If you're planning on selling your house and you think you have a pretty good idea of what you can ask for it based on something that somebody told you a while back, how recent should that evaluation be as you now contemplate getting off the fence and into the game? Sure. Well, and I think you almost answered the question by the question itself. How recent an evaluation do you need in this very fluid market? Right, it's right. a very fluid market. Um, the reality is, is that when we're doing an evaluation on a property, we probably don't put much uh, or put much relevance into comparable sales three or four months ago. We're looking at sales within the last month or two. Okay. Sometimes we'll get a, a call from folks who are thinking about selling. Uh, the other day I had somebody who said that they're thinking about selling in mid-next year, 2018. Oh. And I said, well, I'd be happy to send you some comparables now, but just know that uh, by next year, it's not going to not gonna do you any good. We're, we're going to have to look at uh, more relevant sales at the time you're ready to sell. Certainly today, and in particular, depending on the market that you're in, if you're in the condo townhome market, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're looking at sales within the last couple of months. Um, houses, you know, we can go a little bit further back because the market's not moving quite as much, but right. certainly you want an up-to-date 
up-to-date evaluation. Okay, yeah. and that's very important and very easily obtained. Simply go to the website, savewithjohnanddave.com, and there's a little button you can click on, uh, arrange an evaluation. Uh, that's, that's pretty easy. Uh, and how long typically, if I was to go to the website or give you a call this afternoon, uh, once you're off the radio, of course, mm-hmm. uh, uh, how long would it take the kind of turnaround time to get you or John uh, to have a look at the place and sit down for that very important uh, initial meeting? Sure. Uh, well, uh, usually within a few days, a okay. couple of days. Okay. Yeah, sometimes same day, but it's all dependent on scheduling for sure. We've talked in the past about, in terms of market activity, and we're back to that, uh, with single detached homes, as you say, not as active as they have been in the past, but that's balanced because you use the word a balanced market. That's balanced by intense activity in the, in the condo and townhome sector these days, isn't it, Dave? It is. Yes, it is. Um, the the detached market is more balanced right now, but you know the funny thing is um, there's an article in one of the papers this week, and we were talking about it before the show. There's still an upward pressure on prices, right? We're still seeing prices increase over the last several months. I think the overall market's increased six seven percent, something like that. Why? Sales volumes are low, demand is high. Right. And that's really that's really key, and and there's not a lot of listings out there. So if somebody's Thinking about selling, you know, even though sales volumes are lower for the detached market, prices are continuing to go up. So that's good news for anybody thinking about selling. Ah, okay. And 604-265-8280 is the number, 604-265-8280. And the website, savewithjohnanddave.com. Now, on the website, uh, you were talking earlier about the services that 1% Realty provides and uh, all sorts of uh, new listings and wonderful photographic tours of homes. And I wanted you to tell us about an open house uh, because you typically do have one or two uh, going on on a weekend when you visit us. What's going on this weekend, Dave? For sure. Well, we just took a couple of uh, a few new listings this week. We're going to be doing a couple of open houses tomorrow, so that's Sunday afternoon. Uh, the first one's actually going to be in a townhome in Surrey. Uh, unit 139 at 19433 68th Avenue. It's in the Cloverdale area. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we listed that at 479. Uh, it's a newer townhome, just a few years old, about 1,100 square feet, three bedrooms, shows like new. Uh, it's just uh, in fantastic condition. We're going to be there at an open house between 12 and 1.30 tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. That's Sunday. And uh, the second open house that we're going to be doing tomorrow afternoon is actually at a townhouse in um, in uh, Mission Unit 46 at 7640 Blot Street. Uh, that's listed at 379. The Mission Townhome Market right now is absolutely on fire. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and this is an end unit, uh, beautifully maintained, about 1,600 square feet, th- uh, four, four bedrooms, a couple of bedrooms in the basement, fantastic for the teenagers. There tomorrow, 2.30 to 4.30, come on out. All right, uh, Dave, uh, we uh, will direct our listeners again to the website, savewithjohnanddave.com. More information on these open houses is on the website as well. That's right. And if you want to give him a call, he'll be sprung in just a very couple of seconds here, and you can reach him at 604-265-8280. David Mater from 1% Real Estate Corporation uh, with us again this afternoon. Uh, you're about to take off on holidays. Uh, John Carlson will be with us in a couple of weeks. Enjoy your summer vacation, uh, and uh, good luck with those open houses tomorrow, Dave. Always a pleasure to see you. Thanks, Julie. And we'll be back with lots more. Stay with us on Vancouver Consumer here on News Talk 980 CKNW. And once again, our thanks to Dave Mater from 1% Realty for the market update. Next week, you'll meet the people from Skynet. Time now for the Steel Report. And today, Linda talks about a bizarre Craigslist scam in Delta.
I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. After several incidents in the past few weeks, Delta Police are warning residents about a bizarre Craigslist scam. Charlene Brooks from the Delta Police Department says the incidents are mostly happening in the Sunshine Hills neighborhood of North Delta, and they involve fake Craigslist postings. In these ads, they're holding out an invitation to either a house party or for a person to come and collect some free items, or in other posts, they're offering intimate encounters. Once a respondent replies to this post, they're given an address and then instructions just to go ahead and walk into the house. I'm expecting you. But the problem is the homeowner actually has no idea about the ad or what was promised. Brooks says so far no homeowner or ad respondent has been injured because of the postings, but the police department is reminding homeowners to be careful. Simple things like just keeping your door locked when you're at home or if the person happens to knock or you've got somebody knocking at your door, don't answer unless you know them. If you're ever in doubt or fear you know, that it's something suspicious, give the Delta police a call and we'll send an officer. Brooks says since this isn't a one-off incident, they don't think it's a prank and they're working on identifying just who's posting the fake ads. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thanks, Linda. Steele and Drex, weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. One more consumer quickie before we have to go today. The solar eclipse is going to be a huge event, so huge that the Oregon government is planning for a million people to come to the Portland, Oregon area in hopes of catching the event along the path of totality. And with so many people traveling from out of town, hotels and car rental services have been cashing in, some hotels fetching as much as 1500 bucks a night during the special weekend. Hertz Car Rental tried to capitalize on the hype by advertising their services for the event on their blog, going as far as to break down the exact times and locations are best to experience the total eclipse. Travelers quickly snatched up the services, placing car reservations months in advance of the August 21st event. However, for many of the prepared travelers, their advance reservations were enough to secure a car rental from Hertz. And now, two weeks before the eclipse, Hertz has placed robocalls to several hundred people who had reserved cars, many of them months ago, to inform them that their reservation had been canceled due to severe overbooking. Many people have taken to social media to express their anger that the car they had reserved months ago was no longer available. Some who had received the calls even said that when they looked back at the site to make reservations, the prices had jumped from 300 bucks for the weekend to 3000 uh, Infuriating people even more that the price gouging, so Hertz is dropping reservations so they can hike up prices is what they're saying on social media. Hertz is trying to do damage control. In a statement, a Hertz spokesman said, we're reaching out to those people this week to let them know we're bringing in more cars from the outside areas to fill as many of those reservations as we can. So there's still maybe some hope for for many, but for uh, quite a few, that means a spoiled vacation. If you have a Hertz car rental down there in Oregon for the eclipse, double check that you still got it. That is our program for today. Our thanks to producer Ben Dooley. Matt Hyland is at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.